The idea that no one is looking at the model presented by Mayor Rudy Giuliani in New York, which was very simple. If you throw a rock, you're arrested. If you throw a bottle, you're arrested. And all of a sudden, New York was, and it literally was almost overnight, New York became safe. The John McCullough Show, weekday evenings at 6 on The Patriot. Good evening, this is Kim. Welcome to Union Members Radio. Thank you for playing that so people could hear the words of this song, because that's what this show is all about. I won't back down. This program was designed to bring people together to discuss current union events, future union events, and to learn of the union's rich history. It's not always easy to get everyone together in the same room at the same time. This program allows us to do just that. UnionMembersRadio.com keeps the conversation going, even when the program is not on the air. UnionMembersRadio.com also provides you with trusted resources to serve your everyday needs, unionmembersradio.com. Our call-in number is 1-800-923-9385, 1-800-923-9385. This is a live program, so please feel free to call in because we are going to be talking about, I don't know, possibly some touchy subjects today, James, right? Hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> James Dennis, your vice president of CWA 4100. Welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for always being here. You're such a wonderful team player in this. Uh, we're, we're really trying to, to get um, vocal about why unions matter. Right. And we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, this is going to be more of an eclectic program today. We have lots of different topics. But, but let's start off with that, James. Okay. Let's talk about about unions because I I'm getting really frustrated personally with how hmm <laughs> it seems like sometimes you'll have this conversation and you sound like you're an alarmist right oh gosh you know unions aren't that bad off there's plenty of people in union positions why does you know why does having a union matter so let's get right into that James why okay. do they matter well let's look at it like this. What would a world be without unions? Seriously, if they never existed. Because remember, we, we've, we established in past programs that unions are the vehicle to getting things done. So when you look at it, it's people working collectively to get a contract. So everybody get paid fairly. You know, there's women don't get a separate pay than men, um, you, a certain age or whatever. No, none of that comes into play. Everybody gets paid accordingly to the chart that's in that union collective bargaining book. Right. So that's one of the things. The health care, the way the health care is set up, um, the rules of the workplace as far as how many vacation days you get, um, your work hours per week, 40 hours a week, your days off, your weekends, um, discrimination um, um, things that, that, that um, practices do so we don't have discrimination in, in the workforce. Um, all of that stuff sticks in that contract. But let's just imagine if we did not have that collective bargaining agreement, if we did not have that vehicle to sit down and say, these are the things we need, safety. I forgot about safety. Safety is also part of that. So if we didn't have all that, so let's just erase all of that stuff. Let's, for a moment, let's, let's do that. Let's erase the stuff that the union did, has brought us, our union. 
I'm going to say our union, not the union, but our union. Excellent clarification. Has, has brought us over these years, okay? So the decline in the union membership, let's see, in the, let's see, 1983, we were looking at almost 20% according to this one chart I'm looking at on online. And now we're, I don't know, 11, 10, 11% now. So it's it's a serious dip dive and it's out. People, the, the, the trust is lost there because we're so used to having these normal things. So let's look at the things that we're used to having. So we, we had no union, no vehicle to fight for the safety, the weekends and all that stuff. Let's go roll right back to the 20s. Well, Where that's, will we be? Just, that's just the fun, cushy stuff. You know, I mean, let's let's be real, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to have a lunch break, we take that for granted because everybody should get a lunch break, and most people do. We we associate that, or, or a little 10, 15-minute break. People get that, right? I mean, well, now, today, in this workforce, people Yeah, but that's usually, because of the unions, but let's just... No, let's I get it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so we've we've become accustomed to that, and, and we begin to, to take it for granted that it's just always existed. Of course, you're going Raises. to give somebody... Oh, yes. Yes, if you know, but they're they're on the decline now too because unions are on the decline. But think about <laughs> yes. that. Think about about something as simple as a ten or fifteen minute break for every four hours that you work or you're standing, you're you're working. Right. We take that for granted, don't yes. we? Yes, we do. And yes, we do. Most people think lunch breaks and those breaks are are lawful. Yes. They are not. They are not. I mean the company can run it. The way they want to run it, they cannot give you a lunch break. No, there's no law that goes, "Hey, you give them a lunch break or else." What's the or else? I mean, you don't have a collective bargaining agreement, and the bottom line is, you're going to work these. You know, let's do it like this. I can make you work five hours. You go home for two, and then you come back and work another five hours in that same day. A split <laughs> shift. Right. Nothing is. I don't have to give you a lunch break. I don't have to give you a 15 minute break. I need you to to work. And work hard those five hours, come back after two hours, work five more hours. I don't care where you do. You you, in fact, I can ask you to leave the premise. So that means you can't even stay in the break room for two hours. Right. You have to leave and go somewhere else and then come back. Right. I mean, this is if unions did not exist. We started going back there and looking. They had people working very, very unsafe. A lot of people were killed because of the safety standards were not there. Right. Now, could our lawmakers um, implement something in safety or something? It's possible. But if there's no vehicle like a union or an organization, because people will say, well, we would have came up with an organization like Mothers Against Drunk Driving or something like that to do it. Well, how effective would that group be? If they're like all over the place, right? You know, whereas with the unions, there they were it was a collective um, movement. So it's inside Ford Motor Company, for example, where one of the where the UAW, you know, made his real big footstep that everybody worked for Ford. They could, hey, we we're going to come, we're going to get you people together, and we're going to make we're going to be the vehicle to start making this work because it's now us against Ford, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we we trying to get the wages, we're trying to get the the um the weekends, the breaks, all of that stuff. But let's just go back to the safety standards. So if that vehicle was never ever there, keep in mind corporations' main goal is to make money. So those safety straps, those safety latches, those hey, we're gonna paint this little yellow line on the ground, all of that costs money. 
you know, this machine isn't working right. If no one's there to tell them, hey, the blade is exposed on that saw, we got to shut that down for the day and we got to stop production on this car that's selling like hotcakes. If the union was not there, if our union was not there, excuse me, then it's a free fall. Right. It's, it's kind of like, well, no, we're going to build those cars because that's what's making us money. And if something happened to you, it, you know. It's just a casualty. Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, the, or the term I love is it's the cost of doing business. Right. You go home with no arm. Right. So no unions. There's nothing there to fight what's right. So let's go back a little bit in time. I am not a good history student. I, I will <laughs> I put that out there. I'm, I'm not. I, I hated history because it was boring. But I'll tell you, here's one thing that was not boring. It was about the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And we were learning about tenement houses. And that was one thing that caught my attention. And it has never left. And I remember learning about what tenement houses were. And so we had immigrants coming from, you know, other countries, you know, primarily Europe, and they were coming to this country for a better life, right. you know, for the for the American dream. But at that point, it wasn't the American dream. It was the American nightmare. That's when America was great. Because, <laughs> seriously, there were no unions. Right. And these poor people were completely exploited. And in order to, this was one way it worked, in order for people to get passage to the states, they would have to work it off. Okay. Right. Another way would be that they were essentially, I, I'm being a little dramatic, but I'm not at the same time. They were essentially owned by the business because they had no free time, they had no breaks, and there were actually no qualifiers as to what qualified this person to work. So so when I say that, what I mean mm-hmm. is that children were laboring ah, as young point. as five and six years old, right. and they didn't get breaks, and they were treated as little adults. Yep. And women who had children there there was no <laughs> absolutely no provision for a woman to go nurse her child or for for somebody to get off of their feet after after they've been standing for 12 hours mm-hmm. those things did not exist right. and if we are not careful and and this is this is a warning because we are headed there today mm-hmm. if people are not careful and are not paying attention to the patterns and the trends, removing the safeties that unions provide, uh, removing the dignity that unions give to the laborer. Right. If those things go away, we might as well just usher in a whole new generation of tenement house living, because yeah. that's what's going to happen. Well, you know what? And you're absolutely Or similar. You're abso- you, no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. Because think about this. So. If labor unions never came up, that means there was no, um, what's the word I'm looking for, passionate people. Somebody had to be the, had to stand on the table and, and hold the union sign up. Norma Ray. Remember the Norma yes, Ray story? Yes, I love that program. Somebody sure. had to do that. Yes. So, um, <laughs> if no unions, unions brought a lot of stuff. And I guess we'll continue that after the commercial We break. will. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Union Members Radio. We'll be right back. But I won't back down Gonna stand my When you lose a loved one, turn to Stinson Funeral Home with three locations in the Detroit vicinity to serve your family's needs with integrity and professionalism. 313-863-7300. 
Catering to all religions and number one in veteran services, Stenson Funeral Home is dignified and economical, where your loved one is number one. Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams, CEO, understands the unique and individualized needs of your family. 313-863-7300. Stenson Funeral Home is endorsed by the Union Members Radio Show. What makes my pillow so different from any other pillow out there? It's special because it's a patented pillow. My pillow's patented bill allows you to adjust your pillow to exactly what you want instead of the other way around. When you get the exact support you need, two things happen. You get to sleep faster and you stay there longer. My pillow is customized to fit you. They come in several fill levels, which ensures you get the exact pillow you need for the best sleep. Think about it. You don't wear the same size t-shirt as your husband or wife, so why would you sleep on the same size pillow? You wouldn't. Go to MyPillow.com now and get the best deal ever. Use the promo code WDTK to take advantage of the MyPillow 4-pack special. You get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Check it out. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code WDTK. What pops up is the best offer yet. 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows plus two go-anywhere pillows. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com, promo code WDTK, and start sleeping the way nature intended. Politicians and their infiltration into every facet of our lives are responsible for every problem that we have as American citizens. My question is, do you agree with me? Try to think of a problem that we have as a society that is not the fault of the politicians. They politicize the educational system, the medical system. They're they're everywhere. The John McCullough Show, weeknights at 6. Welcome back to Union Members Radio. We are here today with James Dennis, Vice President of CWA 4100. Welcome back. Hey, thank you. Before um, the break, we were talking about a world without unions. Yeah, so let's, let's paint that picture right quick, right? Right. So let's, let's go back just a step. So a lot of people, because um, we have right to work. And when we go into, um, with me being a um, vice president of a local, one of our um, units is AT&T Mobility, the cell phone stores. Um, and by the way, if you decide to buy, buy a cell phone, please get the store with the CWA sticker in the window because that's one of our members, right? That means that they're, that they're They are part of our union. They are our union members selling you a great phone, and they're going to give you great service, union service, which is the best service in the world. And and you can be assured that the people that are working there are earning a living wage. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They That's have, They great. are under a, well, they're under a collective bargaining agreement. They're still working on a new one, but we'll talk about that later. Yes, thank you. But anyway, um, here's the thing. When a lot of these people come in for right to work and they decide not to sign a union card, because remember, right to work means you get the same privileges as the rest of us that's union dues paying members that's paying for that contract. You get to work under that contract as well without paying a dime. So for most of us, we call those freeloaders. Right. So when the freeloaders come in and they say, no, we're not going to join the, the, the union, we, we don't care about it, we're good, their attitude is all this great stuff that they're experiencing would have already been there period, with or without the union. So this is nothing that the union has done for them, and they are sadly, sadly mistaken because, if, as we said, we go back in time, we talk about the immigrants coming over and their children working. One of the things that the unions, that our unions have brought to this country is ending child labor. 
So if we flash forward to today, un- unless something happens, child labor would still be in effect. The safety stuff that we talked about, we wouldn't be as safe. We, if, if somebody had an arm cut off because a machine chopped it off, they would go through emergency, get their arm sold back on or, or lose it. Uh, probably have a high bill because there's no unemployment insurance because that's part of our unions. There's no, you, who are you going to sue? You're going to go get an attorney and go, hey, I want to sue this company. Well, the company has more than you. They can just keep appealing in, appealing in, appealing in. So no laws or anything. So you are without an arm, and at the end of the day, someone's sitting around going, well, you should have just been a little bit more careful. <laughs> yeah, think about that. That This is this is the stuff that, is, this stuff didn't get here automatically. Right. It got here from sweat and blood of somebody. Out you know? of necessity. Absolutely. And that's something that is not talked about. And people like to, I, I, I don't understand. And, and I, I want to talk about this too, kind of, we can weave it through Absolutely. this subject. Yeah. But but one thing is, is I think that this country, um, by and large, is suffering from low self-esteem. And the reason that I say that, and I've said this before in the program, but why do we collectively not think that people are worthy of earning living wages why why is that because clearly that's the problem that that seems to be the biggest problem with with people well one of them anyways with unions is is what do they think people don't deserve it well again if we had a world without unions that low wage is just a, a way of life yes because that's again we talked about these our unions came up from passionate people people that looked and says hey you know what I'm a worker. I'm a coal. I work in a coal mine, or I work on the factory line, or I'm a um, garbage man, or whatever it is that I do. That everybody's going, oh, that's a low class job. But you know what? I do that job to the best of my ability, and I deserve fair pay, and I deserve to be treated fairly. Exactly. So that's what our union has brought. It has brought that these these jobs that we don't think that that's important because that's another problem. You know, I hear this all the time from just regular people. Well, you know what? Those guys at McDonald's don't deserve to make $15 an hour. That's not a $15 an hour hour job. Right. Okay, you know what? I get people to a point of, you know, yeah, maybe that McDonald's job should not be your last job that you go on. Maybe it shouldn't be the, the only job you ever look at. You get that job and you just don't move no further. I get that. I get that. It's never going to be a $100,000 job. Okay, never. I mean, never. If, it, if it is, that means $100,000 isn't worth that much. <laughs> exactly. But what it's supposed to be is a stepping stone, if nothing else. And even if somebody's going there and they are taking care of their family on that job, I'm not knocking them. The bottom line is it shouldn't be a job that, that, that doesn't have a livable wage. Right. All of our jobs should have livable wage. Why? Because at the end of the day, am I going to pay an extra dollar for that Big Mac? Yeah, I will. I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody will pay the extra dollar. If everybody bumps their Happy Meal prices up a dollar, <laughs> nobody's going to sit back and go, I'm not buying my kid a Happy Meal. He's crying. He or she is crying in the back of that car, screaming for that Happy Meal and that toy. <laughs> Eventually, you will pay the dollar. It's not a big deal. Now, if it's going to go up $50, then that's a whole different ballgame. But that's not what it is. It's all You have to look at the profit margin of these these companies. What are they making every year? Right. And how much of that can be pushed back to the employee? You know, the person that's actually putting that burger together. Again, I'm still saying that's not supposed to be a $100,000 a year job, and you're not, you're not supposed to be trying to buy Bentleys and Rolls Royces with that, right? <laughs> right. But it should be a good stepping stone. 
That was the purpose of our reunions when they were coming in. It was to bring dignity to any job that you work. If you were a union member and your job was to pick up our horse manure off the street, you picked it up with dignity. Why? Because you were making a good wage. You were able to take care of your family. And here's the thing. You wanted to be at work every day on time. Well, and you, you you are making the world a better place. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're taking poop off of the streets. <laughs> exactly. So I we mean, don't seriously, have to step in who it. wants to step in it? Right. You know, and who wants to clean it? Yes. Yes. So, absolutely. so should they be denigrated for having a job like that? No. I mean, you do a good job. You know, something else we don't talk about enough either, James, is that, and, and this is a really, mm, this is a, a difficult subject to delve into in a way. Okay. But, but without unions, Civil rights would not have spread to everyone. Absolutely. Think about that. Absolutely. That they was a, are that, definitely yes. intertwined. Yes, absolutely. Um, again, we're talking about the vehicle. Yes. Our reunion is our vehicle to get things done, literally. I mean, whether you agree with it or disagree with whatever the cause is at that moment, if it was a good cause and it, and it, and it helped you and your family, this was the vehicle you jumped in and rode in to get, to get the, the means – what am, what am I trying to to get the end to your means? Yes, yes. You know, so that. <sighs> and as Americans, here's the thing that baffles me uh, above and beyond anything, a- and I, I truly mean this. This is, in its way, uh, a, a form of government that stands up for the civil rights, for for your basic rights in a capitalist environment that sees no person this puts unions put the person the 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 blood the sweat and the tears into the equation absolutely and without that it is dog eat dog and nobody stands up for you right so what so what you're a commodity then yeah yeah absolutely pretty much can we run this country without a constitution of the united states no what's the difference (laughs) <laughs> because there's nobody else that is standing for the little guy or really, I mean, the big guys don't really need it at this point. But but for the little guy, there's nobody standing there for them or even like the police officers, because in CWA, we have police officers in, in, our, in our union, right. you know, in, in different states, not in the state of Michigan. But some of the stuff that they have to go through, if our unions did not exist. When they got into a serious off, uh, uh, when they got into a serious I'm trying to say the word altercation. Yes. With and <laughs> got tongue tied. <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, with uh, a, a citizen, where they might have fought with them over a gun and almost lost their lives that night. So, at the end of that, then keep in mind this happened five hours into their shift, and I'm saying hypothetically. Right. So. At that point, because of their collective bargaining agreement, they have deals where they have to bring them in and say, okay, the rest of the night we're going to bring you in and let you chill out and relax because you got three hours left to go on your shift, but you almost got killed just a minute ago. We're not going to throw you back in the scout car and send you on your way. If it wasn't for our unions and those um, um, rules of the collective bargaining agreement, your police officers, after dealing with something like that, would get thrown right back into a police car and be like, hey, go stop somebody for a traffic ticket. Isn't that something? Yeah, and they're still shooken up, and they're still shaking, and I'm still, my mind still ain't right from this. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that our union has, has brought to the table is, hey, you know what? These are people, too. We have to, we, have to, we, we can't harass them. 
We got to watch out for their well-being. Um, EAP, uh, one of the one of the systems that, uh, or a better word is um, getting help for substance abuse, um, um, spousal abuse, those little things that's going on in their private lives, so that it doesn't leak into the workplace. That was because of our reunions. I got a drinking problem. I have a gambling problem. I can call and get help. Why? Because these are some of the things that was put on the table during the during the first couple of um, collective bargaining ag- agreements with CWA, UAW, and other um, ASME and others. These when these agreements are put in, then you got a company that's non-union that looks at it and goes, "Man, you know what? That's a good idea." They got it. They figured out a way to pay for it. So can we. Remember, when Toyota first came over here, they immediately paid their workers the same, close to what the UAW workers were making because they didn't want UAW coming in, bumping that money up. Right. So it was it was cheaper for them to say, hey, you know what, we'll just give them what they want. They didn't give them what they, they didn't give them that money because it was the goodness of their heart. They gave it to them because our unions was over here fighting with the big three, making that money come They up. created competition. There you go. And that's something else that doesn't get talked about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know that conservatives, and not all conservatives, but I think generally speaking, you know, they value the free market. So if there is no competition, even for wage setting, then what? What's your bar? So so unions allow that in a way they, they, they bring that to to this whole situation by by paying a certain wage and then there's some competition otherwise your competition right now because walmart is the largest employer in the united states i cannot right. say that enough and that's something that's not hitting people but with that being the number one employer in the united states mm-hmm. they're they're paying minimum wage right and their profit margin is out of this world it's out of this world yeah you have it's to look outrageous. at that you have to look at that because even if they paid those people properly they still wouldn't lose any money the stock would still go up. They still would sell all the stuff they would sell. The difference is they would not have that much profit. If you if you bend that profit margin down and say, okay, you know, instead of you making $100 million, you're going to make $80 million. Right. You, I'm serious. I mean, think about that. But, you know, there's so much to this, James, because what happens, and we'll be talking about this more, too, today. Uh, what happens, though, is that not only are they not paying living wages, but they're ripping off the taxpayer because they're not paying living wages, because people are not getting uh, health care through their employer, then then it presents all kinds of other problems like, OK, I'm not I'm not earning enough money to to pay for my health care so i need to go to the state for it and they set these people up that way to to not be able to to get what they need and so then we pay for that but we seem to be okay with that yeah. so we'll talk more about yeah, that in talk just more about a moment that. i got a story for health care oh yes I, i'm looking forward to it our show is brought to you in part by the following contributors apwu local 295 APWU Local 480 481, CWA Local 4009, CWA Local 4123, and by the following individuals George Troya Jr., President of DFM Local 5, James Dennis, VP of CWA Local 4100, and Roscoe Woods, President of APWU Local 480 481. Uh, we also uh, I, and I don't have this written out, and I apologize, but Teamsters, 
um, and I can't remember the local, forgive me, uh, they also just donated, as well as uh, the Painters Union. So thank you, and keep it up, because that shows us that this show is valuable to you, and it also sh- uh, allows us to stay on the air. So uh, the more donations and contributions that we can get that way will allow this program to continue, and we can talk about what's important to you, why unions matter. So, James, uh, right before that live read, we were talking a bit about um, insurance. About Healthcare. insurance. Yep. Thank you, health insurance. Yep. So, so uh, let's talk about that. I, I, I left off talking about how Walmart creates this disparity, and I don't mean to, you know, slam Walmart. They're just a really perfect example because they're so huge and they're America's number one employer. So, so if if they're creating an environment where where people can't work full time they're they're working 30 hours a week and they're not making enough to be able to uh, afford health care then the taxpayers are paying that difference so it's a subsidized program uh, by by us for low wage workers okay so tell well it's a twofold to that so here's something that I discovered with um, a friend of mine's um, was it last week I think it was last week I can't remember but anyway so what I did not know, so a guy goes to, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm making it generic on purpose. A guy goes to emergency because he has a pain. Um, he doesn't have insurance. Um, let's just say he works for Walmart with no insurance. He has a job with no insurance, so he's just not a, he's not a freeloader. He's just trying to make it by. Right. So he goes there with, with a pain. They find out that he has stage two cancer. Okay. So you got to get treatment. You got to get this. You got to get that. One of the reasons why he went through emergency is because he did not have health care, period. He didn't have insurance. So he couldn't just, you know, he had to use the emergency. I just can get in just enough to get me patched up. What I did not know is they cannot do cancer treatments through emergency. So what you have to do is go to a doctor, a specialist, and get your treatment set up. Well, wait a minute. I don't have insurance and I don't have money. No one's going to see you for free. You know, the first thing they ask you for is an insurance card. Right. Or the first thing they ask you for is how you're going to pay for this before they even start seeing you, before they start giving you the medicine. When you, I, I know a lady that literally had got a prescription that cost her $500 that she needed last week, and it wiped her out. So th- this, is the, this is the reality of this, this health care thing that everybody's kind of going, oh, you can get a job. And no, 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 it's not that easy. And and again, what I was what I did not know is – the only way this guy can get treatment, he's got to almost go to stage four and get put in the hospital. So now we're doing it to save your life. Outside of that, he's going to have a slow death because he does not have you know, medical insurance, and he has no way of paying. Right. If he's rich, then he can go, hey, what is this going to cost me? Uh, $100,000, here's 100000 He can't do that. So he has to go in and just pray that everything works out. And they have, I think they got a GoFund thing going for this person now because they're trying to get the money up so he can get the treatment so he can prolong his life. So that's what um, we're talking about when we're saying these bad health care deals. They actually do kill people. They and do. They, and they kill good people. And that's what our union has worked so hard in the past for is to get jobs with health care so that people's families can be taken care of. If your children are, are taken care of it on a regular basis, you're probably not going to take off as much when they get sick because sure. they've had all these shots for, you know, polio or chicken pox or whatever, or whatever little checkup they had to have to find out what's going wrong. You are more 
you are a better employee because they're well taken care of. You're well taken care of. You know the um, the, the 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 value of your job. Therefore, as a great union worker, you're going to be that great worker. Sure. You know, so that's that's the healthcare portion of um what our union has brought to the table, and now with this new healthcare bill that's on the table now. It's almost like we rewinding the, the, the clock back to, you know, no health care again. Pause it right there, James. We have a call from J.J. from Lincoln Park. Welcome to the program, J.J. Well, I'm listening to your discussion, as always, and um, you make some interesting points, but you leave out some vagaries and realities. The only purpose of any health care corporation is to, re- except for the Blue Cross ones, are to realize a profit for its shareholders. It's not to make people well. It's not to cover people or make it better. That's one of the benefits that they get. And as soon as people realize that, then their misconceptions about health care will go away. And that's just the reality of what it is. Nobody can be the, the be-all, end-all to everything. And all I can say is just by looking at the results. Once the government started Medicare and Medicaid and got into the health care industry in 1965, the prices of care have gone skyrocketed. And, uh, and before then, you know, a lot of people couldn't go to the doctors or didn't go to the doctors or didn't think they could, but I don't believe anybody was turned away. But I don't know what the answer is. That's the reason why it's still going to be an issue forever. Thank so you. I don't know what to tell you. Go on. So, J.J., let me ask you something. Do you think that health care is a human right? Do you think that everybody should have the right to get health care and be taken care of? Who, there's nothing for free. You, you, know what you, you know what you can do? You have the Internet. If something goes wrong with you, look it up on the Internet and try to cure yourself. Uh, there, I don't know what it is. Why does somebody have to pay for somebody else's health care? Why can't you just be responsible for your own? I, I really appreciate that, and we're we're going to talk more about that when we get uh, when when we uh, come come back here in a little bit. But JJ, I I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that that we really have to examine this. It's a philosophical question, really, and I appreciate well, I, that I, you're I, bringing I, it up. I don't think many doctors would turn away a patient, but they're not going to jeopardize their own standing to treat somebody who might sue them for malpractice or other kind of stuff. I don't know what the answer is. Okay? Right, right. Uh, but but the, the, what we have going on is just more a silly folly going down to bankrupt our country. I believe there's 74 million people on Medicare or Medicaid in this country. I mean, that's basically one-third of the population, one-fourth of the population is being paid for by other people. Okay, but, but J.J., let me ask you this. So here's the thing. Okay. So we got people that work, and, I, and the example I gave earlier of the guy, he, he goes to work every day. He's not trying to get anything, but he does not have health care. Okay. I mean, I, I, I get that, you know, oh, well, we, we, people got to work hard and get it, and you either get it or you don't. And keep in mind, you're talking to somebody, man, I've, I've worked for AT&T for 29 years. I've had health care the whole entire time of my adult life. 
So, you know, in, in your example, I, I have met all the standards of what you're saying, but yet I don't feel that healthcare should be something that's, uh, that, that we all got to go out and, and pay for, so to speak. I think it's a well, human you right. You value it. You think it should be given to you, therefore you don't value it. Well, okay, okay, so let me ask you this. It's not it's not that I don't value it. I do value it because the thing is what breaks my heart is when somebody has cancer stage two and they're going to do a slow death because they have no way of paying for that. They don't have the money. They work every day. They go out and they go out and do the American dream. I know, but there was something prior to Medicare and Medicaid, so you're not, you're not listening to my point, that it was called the Hippocratic Oath, that the doctor did the best what he could to um, service the people. And then once the government got into it and he had $600 for a broken arm instead of what the customer could afford, then the prices and everything got out of whack. And that's where we're at. Right. I, I get that. And I, I appreciate that. And I think that this is certainly worthy of of uh, continuing this conversation because this is a very complex problem, JJ. I, I just remember I'll leave with this final thought. That problem can be solved by government or some other entity, the solution to the cause of all of life's problems. Hey, JJ, let me ask you one more question. He's, he's oh, gone. Oh, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's all right. No, listen. <laughs> no, I, I, I really do like JJ because yeah, you know I do what? Too. I he do shoot, too. He, he really shoots from the cuff and, and, yes. and he's, you know, really just an honest guy. And the reason, you know, we, we are on this conservative station because, you know what? Preaching to the choir isn't going to do us any good. Absolutely. So I agree. When we can have these conversations in civil ways, it, it allows us to see each other's point of view. And really, that's the most constructive thing that we as a country can do is have a conversation not hating on each other right. for having a different opinion so absolutely so here here here's at least my stand mm-hmm. on this okay i think that this this is where it gets a, a little bit touchy and and i i don't mean to be offensive but um i think as as a human being if if i were to uh see you know my child suffering uh because they have some kind of disease or they've been injured i would do anything and everything i could to save my child now as as americans we say it's the greatest country in the world so if it's the greatest country in the world and we're we we are contemplating having our elderly who can no longer fend for themselves being kicked out of nursing homes they, what are they supposed to go get a, a second and third job when they are, what, uh, unable to move? Um, I, I think we owe it to the vulnerable in our society. And there are more that vulnerable people in our society than just our elderly. And, and we need to have this conversation. Poor people are very vulnerable, and they're vulnerable in many ways. And as J.J. was talking about, they're, they're even vulnerable to governmental, governmental problems right. because if they get in trouble, they can't afford to defend themselves. Right. And, and even though they're supposed to be able to get representation, we all know the truth. What kind of representation are they going to get? They are going to be brought in to the court system and treated like cats and branded and their rights are not heard they cannot defend themselves and why can't they defend themselves because they don't have money so Mm -hmm. unions 
are integral to our economy for so many reasons, for bringing justice back to people so they can afford justice, for allowing people to eat nutritionally so that they do well and perform well in schools and, and, and can get that education. They're also integral to, to this country because they do offer health care, so nobody is getting ripped off. They're getting paid, and they're getting paid well for that health care. But if we start saying that unions don't matter and, and, and we start throwing in all this legislation to bust unions, then what's mm-hmm. left? Right. Then the government does have to step in because who is going to be able to afford it? Yeah, and, and you we know what? We can't just let people die like that. You know what? Here's the, you know here's my personal and and keep in mind this is personal. Yes, yeah, I mean keep in mind I like the point of view that JJ is coming from because again we need to be able to talk and 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 reason with each other, not get angry, not get mad. Just right. that's just reason. So one of the questions that I did ask him was we're talking about a human right and we're talking about somebody's health. So we we pay for our protection so that we can be a safe country with our armed forces. I agree with that 100%. We pay for our roads and our bridges, so when we cross over the bridge, it don't collapse because it has, doesn't <laughs> right. have enough steel in it. I, I believe in that as well. But I also think, and this is just my personal opinion, I also think that as a country, we can pay for health care for everyone because it's very imp- life is 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 more valuable than ever. I don't care if it's a child. I don't care if it's an, an elderly adult. If it's a middle-aged person, whoever it is, an infant, a, a pregnant, whoever it is, healthcare. We shouldn't. If I'm sick or if someone is sick, they should be able to go f- to the doctor and get well again. They should be able to get preventive medicine. Exactly. And if they can't, then are we truly the great country that we say we are? Exactly. You know, I mean, and, and, and if we get creative and we figure this out instead of just expecting the government to fix it for us, but we can be actually part of the solution, man, how victorious would we be? We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Union Members Radio. And I'll keep this world When you lose a loved one, turn to Stinson Funeral Home with three locations in the Detroit vicinity to serve your family's needs with integrity and professionalism. 313-863-7300. Catering to all religions and number one in veteran services, Stinson Funeral Home is dignified and economical, where your loved one is number one. Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams, CEO, understands the unique and individualized needs of your family. 313-863-7300. 313-863-7300. Stinson Funeral Home is endorsed by the Union Members Radio Show. This is John McCullough for Cruise Hearing. You know, every time I go to Cruise Hearing, I'm reminded of the first time I went. And considering what they've done to better my life, it's hard to believe how nervous I was on that first peek into the world of hearing correction. Since I talk about Cruise a lot on the air, I need to remind myself that some of you may be hearing about them for the first time. Cruise Hearing is a dedicated team of hearing specialists who are in business to give you all the information about the latest technologies and then let you make your decision. You can buy from the great folks at Cruise and due to their consumer-friendly pricing and financing 
options, we hope you do. But even if you don't, you will at least be armed with the latest information on what is available. Questions will be asked about your lifestyle because any recommendations they make will be geared to your unique situation. And please be aware of this from Felix Cruz. A hearing care professional must see your ear before recommending anything. I honestly don't know what I would do if I had to go back to the way I was. The first step is a phone call to 877-456-2789. That's 877-456-CRUISE. And please tell them John McCullough sent you. Larry Elder has some tough talk for Democrats. The people that are having all this angst about Trump, these Obama people, the ones that are described in the Washington Post, ask them what they would do. Essentially, it's taking money from productive people and giving it to other people. That's what they want to do. And the American people are not down with that. You are clueless. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 10 on FM 101.5 and AM 1400. The Patriot. Well, I won't back down. Welcome back to Union Members Radio. We are here with James Dennis, Vice President of CWA Local 4100, and we are talking about health care. Uh, it, it's important to um, note that we had a really uh, good conversation with um, JJ from Lincoln Park, who was talking about how since the government got in uh, involved with things like Medicaid and Medicare, things have increased in terms of prices. But, you know, uh, and I appreciate that. I, I really like it when he calls because he, 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 he's just really an he's honest genuine. guy. Right. And and those are the people that we would like to talk to. And and um, maybe we can learn more about each other. Absolutely. But we're talking about um, during the break, um, you and I were talking about uh, different ways monies are spent that uh, we complain about. You know, collectively, a lot of us complain about health care being taken away from the poor. But it's some people believe it's not a human right. Uh, but but with that, then, we, we need to uh, equalize that by talking about other things that are being paid for that, if, if, we're, if we're going to be honest, are really wasteful. So let's get into that, James. Yeah, let's get into that. But you know what? Can we back up just a tad Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Just a tad bit. So you know what? One of the reasons why I think health care, another reason why I think health care is a human right, you know, when it hits home, when it hits to be your mother, your child, the whole, there's not enough money in the world. If your kid is laying there and, and they need medical attention and we're going, hey, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> that answer, even to a stone cold conservative, is not going to be enough. It's going to be like, well, hey, where can we get this money from? Right. Because my child needs to live. My mother needs to live. My father needs to live. My nephew needs to live. This is, this is personal. When it's somebody that's not, you know, per- connected to you well let that guy you know well he should have got a better job it's easy to make that statement but then i look at stuff like you know how much the travel time in 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 congress in our government how much wasted money is there you know in those buildings and the lights and you know if you got a real bean counter in there you know what you know should our we be, embassies yeah should we be paying you know because keep in mind the, the senate and congress house of representatives all of them they got their own health care for life. Yeah. So and it's they, they not the bare it. bones that people on Medicaid get. Right, right. And and we, we're, we're okay with that. But let's just say this. Tim McGraw, um, Beyonce, Beyonce's, um, 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 Bill Gates, their children won't have to worry about health care 
because they were born into a good situation. You know, and I'm just using those names. Just like, I'm just off the top of my head. Yes. But little Penny that was born to an underage little girl that has no money, is it her fault that she don't have health care? I mean, she she just was born. She, right. th- that was the, the the card she was dealt. Exactly. She's in this house. Her mom is her mom and dad is not making much money. The insurance is not there. Something happens to her. She needs real special attention. And now we're saying you can't get it. This is the reason why I feel that this is a human right. Just like and you know, instead of investing money in the prisons. Yes, I loved that point yeah, during the break. Yeah, you brought yeah, that yeah. up. Yeah, well, we, we're we're investing money in prisons and and other things that, you know. And don't get me wrong, we have to figure out some kind of way to deal with those that break the law. We we do, but in some cases, in some of these prisons, there's a lot of people in there for things that nah, maybe we shouldn't be paying for they stay in their food. You know, they they offense wasn't that bad. And and it, we're we're really not honoring what prison should be. You know, I are we oh, really. Yeah creating an environment for these people to be reintegrated into society are are they are they being helped are 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 we restoring things are we clearing the slate so that when they do come back into society they can live an honorable life and be able to get back into the workforce no no we are if we're, we're setting them up to fail we are totally setting them up to and fail and we're paying for it and and not only that but here's the deal i mean think about that if somebody has paid the price the society said okay if you do this then this is what's going to happen this is the consequence for breaking that law they go to jail they do their time they come back and they've got this record where they're forever condemned and they can no longer live within society so why even release them ever no i'm serious we are totally not living up to any good code of morality that way and and there are so many other things so so as as jj pointed out you know uh to expect um i i'm not i'm just sort of paraphrasing what we you know we're talking about during that call um is it a human right is is healthcare a human right I guess, you know, philosophically, we, we really need to talk about this. I personally, and this is just personally, this has nothing to do with unions. This has nothing right, to do right, with anything right. else. I believe it is. And I'll tell you why. I am a stage three bone cancer survivor. All right. And you know what? If I did not have help at that time, I would not have been able to raise my daughter. There you go. Did I deserve the help? Yes. Why did I deserve it? Because you're a human. Because I'm a human being, and That's I, right. I've got light That's in my right. eyes, and you know what? A, a spirit and, 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 and everything else. And a daughter else. that needs her mother. You realize that when we sit back and give you the death sentence and say, you don't have insurance, we're not paying for it, go home and die. Yes. We're not only killing you off, we're also taking your daughter's mother away from her. When we and didn't have that, to. That, right, and that brings a whole other problem in society. Again, keep in mind, this all has a ripple effect. You know, somebody lose their, their their mother that was going to raise them up correctly. Now she's lost her. We don't know where she's going to end up. I'm not saying she will end up there. I'm not saying we that's a definite. Know, but we don't know. And when we're taking these, um, these we were killing off these fathers and these mothers because of a simple medical treatment. Oh, by the way, that this pill in the United States costs five hundred dollars, but over in Canada is two dollars. Yes. Over in Cuba, they just give it to you free. For free. You know, um, Michael Moore did a whole doc documentary about that right and went over there and got the medicine hey it only costs this much 
Why are we selling? Remember the one uh, pharmaceutical company that raised the rate of a, of a medicine that some elderly people needed by 300%? Yes. And they knew it. It was strictly done for profit. And everybody was good with it. Just everybody like the EpiPen. Good. The EpiPen. The, oh, the actual yes. contents in the EpiPen cost hardly anything. It's the actual vessel in which the EpiPen is used that, that has, is patented and is costing so much money. I mean, come on, let's get real. We can do this. We can make it work. But but we need to really try instead of just, you know, making people into billionaires. Yeah. So so really what what matters more and what are we going to stand for and what are we going to going to fight for that says, "You know what? I know profits matter. I mean, come on, let's face it. We all like nice things. We want to eat healthy. Right. We want to drive a decent car. Yeah, profit matters. But what matters more? Human life. And and I believe that too. I mean, otherwise what's the point of 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 anything? You know, I mean, just ego just position in life so so i think we need to to all you know on both sides here of, of the political spectrum we we need to come to some place where where we say you know what i honor the divinity in you you honor the divinity in me and by virtue of that alone regardless of your politics mm-hmm. we need to stand together and do what's right to make sure that that we're treated and treating each other with the respect and dignity that we deserve because that's what it's all about and that's that's really what it comes down to otherwise what's the purpose of 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 living i mean uh, what what is it to make money so only so um at the congregation i attend um amwood park church of christ um in downtown detroit uh, our sunday school class was on favoritism james chapter two and in in chapter two verse one it says my brethren do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus with an attitude of personal favoritism. And then when you drop down, it says, but you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Now let's go into this. The, Cause what, the, what he's saying here is people look at rich, the rich people. Some, if somebody comes into your home with a nice suit and they're driving a Lamborghini You automatically respect them. The vehicle will make you respect them. The house will make you respect them. The clothing will make you respect them. You're like, wow, this person is somebody. Right. Okay, a person that comes in with uh, uh, some blue jeans and a tore-up T-shirt, I don't know, you ain't made the good decisions in life, yada, yada, yada. We do that. And what the scriptures here is saying is we're not supposed to be um, judging people by favoritism. And in our society, that's what we've done. When this scripture talks about um, uh, dishonoring the poor man, when we're sitting there saying your child don't need medical insurance because you can't pay for it, we are dishonoring the poor man. And the verse later on after that, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So if I love you as I love myself, then I want you to have the same health care, Congress, as I have. And that is the problem with our country. Everybody want to make excuses why we should be show favoritism towards poor people. And we shouldn't. We should all be one, and we should want the best for each other. And you know what? I love that you said all of these things, James. We can change this course. We just need to reprioritize. We are a country that can be united again, but we need to, to do that by counting, making everyone count. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back for a whole Hour. Union <laughs> Members Radio. We'll be right back.
fun months of summer are coming quickly, which also means grilling, relaxing, and vacations. Are you starting to dream about it now? Don't just dream about it. Prepare and stay cool when the heat and humidity hit. Keep your car's AC maintained so you don't get stuck in the heat. Right now, get an AC check and charge for just $65 at Madison Heights Tire and Auto to get you ready for the hot summer months. Madison Heights Tire and Auto is a full-service auto repair shop. Give Madison Heights Tire and Auto a call today, 248-543-4940, or stop by Madison Heights Tire and Auto on 11 Mile Road in Madison Heights, just east of I-75. Visit madtire.com for coupons and great savings today. That's madtire.com. want term life insurance call life quotes we guarantee you the lowest prices or we will pay you five hundred dollars plus get up to one million dollars in term life insurance with no medical exam you do need term life insurance call life quotes now 800-915-9542 800-915-9542 800-915-9542 